This is CliffCentral.com. Hello there. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. My name is Sonia Booth and today's guest, Stanton Stiga, aka, I don't know if you have any other AKAs, also known as <laughs> Mr. Fredericks. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. Good afternoon, Sonia. Thanks for having me. And uh, I've been exposed to the Opinion Booth. I get the emails every morning, but I've never been here. So thanks for the overdue invite. Do you, oh, so you, you get you get emails, but do you actually open the podcasts and listen to them? Because now I'm about to expose you, and I'm 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 about to get even. Um, I have not. Mm-hmm. Honesty is the best policy, but um, not from always. today forth, not I always. Will, <laughs> I will be subscribing if if my excuse is good enough. I haven't had fiber. Now I have fiber at home. Is that Ooh, okay? Levels, levels, is fiber. Okay? He's not even talking about <laughs> Wi-Fi. He's talking about fiber. It's like levels, me bro. <laughs> so now, in 2015, you swapped your soccer boots for dancing shoes. Mm. What did that experience teach you? I mean, something about yourself that you didn't realize you had it deep within. Wow, Sonia, you know, um, being a footballer, uh, you normally put yourself in a bubble. And um, i not just say footballer, I'll say sports person. And uh, it's very difficult to do something outside of your comfort zone. And um, post-football, um, I'm going to quote your book here. You try and reinvent yourself. And uh, look at that smile. Uh, you, you are the best. You, you, I, I mean, and to think I haven't even paid you for that. Continue. I'm, I'm loving this. Carry on. Carry on. No, but honestly, you know, um, you, you, you find a space where you need to reinvent yourself. And uh, sometimes you need to stay relevant um, if there's different spaces that you want to go into. And um, I thought, firstly, um, I said, this is an opportunity to get that relevance back, to be out in the media space again. So I went into this competition being a little blind, not understanding what is going to be required of me, the level of discipline, the level of uh, dedication, um, just respecting the sport or the art um, called dance, you know. And uh, yeah, we're jumping into it. I just assumed now I'll train two, two, two hours a, a day and uh, come the weekend I'll be able to compete. But um, very quickly did I <laughs> come to learn that uh, it's uh, such a, a discipline that, that needs dedication and devotion. And uh, I ended up spending possibly eight hours a day training and uh, learning how not to embarrass myself come the day of the live shows <laughs> eight hours as in solid eight hours or broken up and broken up like i'll go two hours three hours sometimes an hour sometimes you just have this mental block where you just can't learn um it's fatigue it's um it's anxiety it's uh yeah it's just it's just a whole lot of difficult things thrown into you but it's it, it started speaking to me as as a professional athlete you know you start dedicating yourself um, it's like the preparation during the week and then you have a match over the weekend. So it was the live shows on the Friday evenings, which I invited you. You didn't come. Anyway. I, I, I did not receive an invite. You must have sent it to Matthew. And if you send anything to Matthew, forget it. <laughs> okay, so Matthew attended one of the live shows. Um, sorry, Matthew, threw you under the bus there. Ah, okay. but, um, he, probably, he probably went with uh, you know, his, his, his Marco Penny there, Trifina. You know, he loves Trifina for all the last shows. That's yeah, why he I doubt. takes I mean, that guy, he's got this fear factor uh, in him. But anyway. Okay, okay. I, I think, uh, have you got a spare bedroom? Because I think Matthew's <laughs> going to need a place to sleep tonight. <laughs> mm, totally good. Mm, yeah, you were saying? Yes, so, yes. discipline, right? I mean, the discipline yeah. that you that you had to have as a professional sportsman for so many years, yes. that's one of the things that you had to bring into the dancing competition. 100%. 100%. But it taught me so much about myself, you know, um, uh, often we set boundaries for ourselves, and 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 one of the the difficulties I had was uh, trying not to look gay. You know, uh, as a as a man, sometimes we we fight this, which is so, which is totally not me. Why were you worried about looking gay? There's nothing uh, wrong with looking gay. I know, I know this, but but in me, I come to understand that um, me throwing my hand out there and having the uh, the finger and the pointing, it's just going to bring out the feminine side of me. Nothing wrong with that. I know. But I've come to understand that once I understood that you have to let yourself go, if you're going to take this on, 
just be you, be who you are. And uh, I think that's the moment when everything came together and it just clicked. And uh, something that that the the experience of Strictly Come Dancing, which is now known as Dancing with the Stars, has taught me is that I never listen to females instructions like if i take it to my household i say i'm listening to my wife but i'm not listening to her i i i listen but i'm not listening and i found the difficulty with my partner i couldn't take instructions from her but the minute a a third eye that's what they call it in dance a third eye comes in and and gives me tips he says exactly what Aaron, which was my dance partner, was telling me, but I just could not absorb it. And that taught me now when I go home, I listen. Wow, that is profound. It's, it's, it's amazing. Hence I said, you know, my question was, did it unearth yep. something that you must have had deep within? Because, I mean, there's a reason why I invited you on the show. We're going to chat about that as, you know, as the hour progresses. Mm. So now, Still on the dancing. I mean, first of all, let me just put it out there that I admire your chutzpah. Any men, especially as sportsmen, because yeah. sports is all about the, the physique, right? Yep. It's all about being rough on the field. Yep. You're being tackled. You, your shins are getting kicked at yeah. and you also get angry and agitated and you also yeah. want to go and pay, you know, uh, yeah. kick the other player as well. So it's, it's all about, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the strong one. And yet dance, as you said, it's, it's, it's so effeminate and it's being in touch yeah. with your female feminine side and yep. so forth and so forth. But I remember a conversation I had with your wife, Gwyn. I said to her, there's no ways in hell Matthew would partake in such a show. I mean, watching him (laughs) getting close and personal with another woman. You know how she responded? Do you know what she said to me? She what said, she friend, he had a six pack. <laughs> that was her answer. So I think she was, yeah. she was more interested in the fact that she had a six pack exactly. more than Aaron. You said that yes. was your partner. No. I mean, I'd be more worried about Aaron being up close and personal to Matthew no, than she, the six pack. She mustn't fool you. Um, I'm sure they were, her guards were right up there. But I think the minute she, she came in and she, and she started understanding that uh, this is something that I really want to do. When I, when I, when she's seen the hours I dedicated to it and anything outside of that, it stunts your growth in the competition. It stunts, you need to build a relationship with uh, your partner. And, uh, this is a, a partner of the opposite sex. And so wha- once you understand that this is a partnership and she accepted this partnership, uh, then, then it just becomes easier and makes life a little easier. But it wasn't as easy as she said. Trust ah, me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be asked, I'm gonna be having a lot more conversations mm-hmm. around this issue because I'm very intrigued about her thinking. She's a, she's a very strong woman. I can tell you that right now. So, can I just let you know that um, the the first series of Dancing with the Stars was the beginning of this year, and uh, the producer called me. She said, "Stanton, I need a soccer player." <laughs> I said, um, <laughs> "Kileen." I've got the soccer player. <laughs> you did, yes. I, I and first, I hope you didn't write Matthew's name the down. The first name on the list was Matthew Booth. <laughs> so you're doing your job while you, he's like you, you have death wishes. He says, he said, uh, mate, um, and I quote him, mate. I don't think the missus will allow that. No chance. <laughs> no chance. So now. I invited you here today, not only because you're a football legend. I mean, everybody knows the name Stigger, right? But I invited you here because you know, as you've said it already, I mean, you, you, you put the title of my book out there and I think you, you knew exactly why I invited you here. But let's put it out there. I invited you here because you know how to reinvent yourself and stay relevant. You were raised by a loving, caring and supportive woman. You then met and married a level-headed, loving, and supportive woman. And then seven years ago, you were blessed with a Greek goddess. Mm. The main focus today is on them, those three generations, your three leading ladies. Are you ready? Mm. Mm. Are you ready? Throw me in the deep end. (laughs) 
What does it mean to be a man in today's world? There is a lot of confusion about this and a lot of anger directed at men. This is a conversation about masculinity everyone needs to hear. In this raw and authentic series of six podcasts, Craig Wilkinson and Khalil Osiris start from the premise that true masculinity is a great gift to the world. Equally relevant to men and women, it provides profound insights into why men behave the way they do. It unpacks the three core desires at the heart of every man. The question every boy needs answered on this journey to manhood. The four big lies about masculinity. What wounds the masculine heart and the one thing every man wants from women more than sex. Men to Men Talks is brought to you by Carling Black Label. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. Available now on the cliffcentral.com website. Stanton, I've seen how you interact with your mum and all I see is love. Yeah, Sonia, um, I grew up um, from a single parent, single mum. So all I knew for many years was was my mom in times of joy in times of need in times of struggle in 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 times of um needing direction uh, sometimes she wasn't qualified um to give advice and uh, so the person that you lean on to that's beside you every step of your way every step of your childhood um pushing you along knowing that uh, your dream is to become uh, a football star supporting you driving you and Six or seven of your friends to games every Saturday, um, not knowing if there's petrol in a car to take you there, you know, just providing. Um, it's 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 something that um, you will always cherish, and I think that is why I have the respect for women um, because uh, this person that's been guiding me, loving me. Um, sometimes the the effects is you become too soft if you're surrounded by females all the time. And uh, I think that's part of my character. Um, but uh, I think um, as I evolved to become a man, the process was a little slower. Hence, I only got married at the age of 30. It's something that's embedded inside of you that um, I, never, I never grew up around a family. So a husband, wife, child, siblings. So for me, that's not the norm. So growing up, I don't foresee that. Hence me getting married a little too late. And I don't have regrets, but if there's something I would have done different, I would have gotten married a little bit earlier. Wow. You know, I I, I understand that we, we all want different things and, you know, at different stages in our life. But, I mean, um, 30 doesn't sound late. I mean, to some to a lot of people... Um, for me, I, I disagree with this whole generic way of doing things that at, you know, at 22, you should be having your first degree. At 25, you should have a husband. At 30, you should have had four kids or whatever. I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. So I don't think you, you, you should um, yeah, so beat yourself too hard about No, no, I follow you. I follow you. And I've come to learn this because, as you know, Sonia, um, football has, has blessed me. To live in different countries, to have different friends from all all over the world. Um, I've lived in three different countries. I've got so many friends. And you start to understand that. Um, look, I come from the Cassie. I come from Nuclear Westbury. Um, where you grow up, there's certain cultural habits and things that you follow. You know, the status quo is to finish school, get married, get a car, get a child, buy a house. And... Um, and that's how it's supposed to be. And you, you, you seem to be successful. But fortunately, football forced me away from the status quo. And that is when you realize, as you, as you rightfully mentioned, um, 30 is not too late. But in my family, in my society, 30 is late. You're disrespecting the girl. You've been with her for so long. Why don't you make her honest woman? Blah, blah, I blah, see, blah, blah. From blah. that point of view. From that point of view, yeah. Okay, so the notion is that don't date too long. Make yeah. a decent, uh, I mean, you know, inverted yes. commas, make a decent woman out of her by Correct. marrying her. Okay, yeah. I get you. So now tell me, you are the only child. Were you spoiled? I mean, were you considered a cheese boy by your peers? Hey. 
Because <laughs> you, you, I, you strike me as someone who is spoiled. I mean, they, I know your mom so, spoils you even today. Even you know, as a man with two kids and a wife, I, I'm, your mom, your mom spoils you. I, I look at you and I see mm-hmm. cheese boy growing up. No, so I'm not gonna run away from that. Um, I'm not too sure spoiled, but loved. Yeah, loved. Definitely. When I say loved, I mean to the max, proper. So to answer your question, yes, I'm not a cheese boy, but yes, I was, I was uh, dearly loved. Okay, that's a very diplomatic way of answering a question. Okay, so you just want me to move away. <laughs> you don't want me to call you spoiled, but I'll, you, you, cheese boy. Mm, okay, all right, we'll move along. It's okay. Now let's talk about another leading lady in your life. You call her your ride or die. I mean, I was, I was stalking your, your social pages yesterday yeah. because I was digging for dirt, you know? And, you know, you, you, it's, it's, it's obvious you're a family man. You put yourself out there as a family man, which is, it's very rare, especially amongst sports people. You know, they don't, they don't like, you know, posting about their wives. I mean, you, every year you post happy anniversary, my ride or die. Um, my, what do you call it? My boss, the yeah. boss, you call her the boss, boss. lady. I mean, what have you learned from her? And what aspects of her would you say are a replica of your daughter, Athena? You know, they say, I say ride or die because I, I come back to once again, the sports person. Uh, you love the glitz and glamour, travel abroad, um, play for the national team. Um, and the fame follows you. And then the candle dwindles in the light. And then you're no longer the jersey number 10. And uh, if you as a person never attached yourself to that, it's easy to make the transition. But statistics show that 75% or 80% in England, I'm not even going to bring it home, within five years are divorced. Pro footballers within five years of retiring are divorced because what happens? Your financial income is not the same anymore. Um, you you are not when the, when you walk into the room, it doesn't stop anymore. And so many times, partners, not you yourself, your partner, hangs on to that. And if that is no more, they then disappear. So so when I say ride or die, I'm literally saying that uh, through good and bad. Through tough circumstances, I know this woman, this partner will be there with me. Because we were together when we had nothing. When we were able to do what we wanted to, we enjoyed it together. And now, before you reinvent yourself again, we are together. If tomorrow we need to eat bread and catch a taxi, I know she'll do that with me. So hence the term ride or die. It's very rare that you have a partner, and I think I was blessed to have selected this woman to be the mother of my children and uh, my life partner. Jeez, I'm, okay, you're about to spoil my, my mascara <laughs> because you, you've, you've, you've said something that I was hoping you would say, but I'm glad that I didn't have to prompt you because then it was going to be almost as though I was trying to instill an idea in your head. Luckily for me, I know Gwen. And I know what a strong woman she is. Not only strong, but I know how, hence I I use the word level-headed. She's very chilled. You've been married for nine years, but together for a whole 22 years. That's, that's an adult, right? You must have been speaking to her. You've raised an adult. In 22 years, you've been together. This child has now become an adult. What has your union taught you about life in general? Okay, so Guinevere's background is she's one of six children. A very intelligent woman that uh, she's the eldest of the six. So she had to not study straight out of school. Matric exemption, good grades, easily could have gotten a, a scholarship to study further and pursue her dreams. But because of family requirements, financial requirements, she needed to go and study. I mean, find a job and work. So those ethics, those values that she she has, she sacrifices herself 
for everybody else around her. And she does the same for me and her family. So so that, that values that, that she brings into the marriage, the humbleness, that constantly uh, being being gashly, being um, um, thrifty. You know, she brings that in the household. Uh, whereas you have Stanton, on the other hand, that I'm just a spender. Um, if I see something nice, I want to do it. I want it. I, I like it. And then that's that's what she's brought to the union. She's kind of balanced me and just instilled that gratitude with whatever we're blessed with or whatever we don't have, we make do with. And I think that's the blessing that she's she's be, um, brought into this uh, this union. Wow. Sure. Okay. You know, it's I'm 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 just happy that you're putting it out there. Something that you can relate to. Um, 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 I am smiling from ear to ear, and like I said, you you spo- you you're ruining my makeup <laughs> <laughs> because of all the beautiful things that you're saying. And I think um, I know you mean it, and I know she is a very deserving woman, and I know that she's listening, and I know that her makeup is also being spoiled. <laughs> so I'm not the only one who's ruining her makeup today. So now. I want to move on to something that I think you are the best person to comment on or pass an opinion on because of the caliber of a person that you are and the fact that you are a role model to a lot of youngsters, both male and female, whether they play football or not. And because also you are a motivational speaker, right? Years ago, I received a private message on Facebook from an 18-year-old girl who wanted to know how she could find and marry a footballer. Mm. How would you have responded to that? The reason I ask is because a lot of women seem to think being with a footballer is all about the fed life. Fed life. Mm. You know, they think football, fame, and fortune. Hence the statistic of a divorce within five years because you want a man for all the wrong reasons, you know. And um, if I were to respond to her, I think I would have told her, um, firstly, you don't need a man. You, you, you're a strong woman. I know it's Women's Month last month. So, just to touch on that, um, you're a strong woman. You don't need a man. Mm. Times are evolving. You know, study, have your own goals. And the right person will come along. Do not look for the wrong things. Because... Um, marrying a footballer, Sonia, you know it better than I do. It's possibly the most difficult partner you could have because you never know where you're going to be next, number one. You sign a contract for two years and uh, you start to have a family. You need to uproot. Injuries. <laughs> I have to nurse you through those injuries we're as your woman. We're so fragile. You know, not only physical injuries. If you had a bad game. And the coach is on your case. Coach is on your case. You come home. The fans are booing you. Well, they used to boo my husband all the time. <laughs> the that was field. a good one, the booth. <laughs> they booed him at every game. Even after a goal, they still booed him, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, so you deal with that. I know. So I, he comes back home after a bad game and I have to say something that will make him feel good about himself. So you, she's probably wishing for the wrong thing because, you know, there's so much baggage that comes with that i could give you a half half right now but we're <laughs> going to be messing up the sound so i'm not going to yeah so um i'd i'd advise her not to go after somebody um in the sports space uh because i think she's she's devaluing herself you know um as i mentioned earlier do you have your goals do you do love you that? stay in your lane oh love that wow so now while on that topic of girls wanting men to do things for them. What is your opinion on the slay queen phenomenon and the blessers, especially when you consider that you are raising a girl, a mm. girl that is going to be a teenager in six years time. There's a vulture out there waiting for her, eyeing her, waiting for her to reach puberty mm. and they're going to pounce on her. Mm. What is your opinion on that? Yo. You know, I kind of uh, stay blinded to that because I know it's inevitable and it's going to happen. Um, but I leave. There's there's just so much we can do um, for our kids. We can instill the discipline, the hard work, the values. Um, but when they're out there in the world, they need to face the world themselves. 
I think when they go out there, all we can do is pray. Pray that they have the right friends. Because I think that if you have a right circle of friends, uh, the chances of you doing the wrong thing are limited. Having said that, um, it's out of our hands. It's out of my hands. Myself and Guinevere just needs to do the best that we can do now. Install those disciplines now so that when she goes out there, she has the value of, I don't need a man, firstly. That's first and foremost. I don't need a man to, to, to let me do what I need to do. Even my dad, I'm not going to need him. I will be able to study and chase my dream and my passion. And, and if a man comes along, I would then take him as my partner. But we just hope and pray that that is what will happen. I think now you understand why I chose you. To be on that seat and pose these Eish. questions, right? Because you, you, you have a natural ability to not only handle the way I'm asking questions, because these are not easy questions, not but all. I'm putting no. it in, in, a, in a very tight corner. But you are the most relevant person to ask because you are raising a girl. Now, I'm going to read out a Facebook post. Okay, ladies, name one way to keep a man that doesn't involve sex, food or money. End of quote. As Athena's father, how would you respond to that? Mm, mm, mm. I was going to say food. You have to cook. (laughs) 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 I mean, that's a fundamentals, isn't it? A man's got to eat, right? But he's got his own hands to cook, right? A way to a man's heart is through the stomach. I can't cook, eh? So I think uh, I don't know about that one. So how do I answer that? Um, Yeah. Um... That's a hard one. That's a very difficult one. Why is it difficult? Because it's, 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 uh, there's so much more that you have to do. Uh, when you're a youngster, you don't realize it. I just assume that, um, I'm getting married. Now we can have sex in peace and do this and do that and go where we want to and eat where we want to. That's the first thing. It's your, it's your male instinct to understand this woman is here for this. But as the family starts growing and you understand that there's different needs and you finally understand that this woman sometimes has to go to work, come back, cook, uh, make sure that the homework is there. Um, are they prepared for tomorrow? And now she still needs to please you in bed. Uh, the minute you understand that, I think then, then, then you understand there's so much more to this partner. But it's impossible for you to know this before you get married. No matter how much married counseling you get, Sonia. They say the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Experience is the only way. It's the best teacher. Experience is the best teacher. So, coming back to your question is, um, that Woman needs to be understanding. She needs to understand her partner for who he is, his temperament, um, where he needs a bit of self-esteem, if he's lacking a bit of self-esteem. So you need to plug in the holes of your man and vice versa. I love that you say vice versa. Thank you. Okay. I'll let you off because <laughs> I was about to say something that was going to make you to keep digging that grave. But that, 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 that was, that was a good one. So now you also father to Diego, who is 14. How are you raising him, especially in a time where the hashtag men are trash is trending almost daily? Not to mention bullying, peer pressure, drugs, alcohol, etc., etc. Very difficult because um, I don't have a reference, uh, Sonia. As we mentioned earlier, I grew up without a dad. So the father figure um, in my life was, was absent. Um, my mom did have four brothers, which I think filled that void somewhat. But uh, from day to day, there's no reference for me. So so this thing called dad is, is new to me. And I don't think there's a, a manual or a handbook for parenting. There might be a few out there. But I don't think that um, uh, there's the right and the wrong way. So I'm, I'm actually going off the cuff. Um, but I think I stick to the fundamentals of stay humble, respect, 
work hard. Now, because I come from a sporting background, Diego is not naturally an athlete. So with, with sport and with, with, with participating, it teaches you so much values. And whenever I speak to youngsters, I say, um, you guys, 1% will possibly become a professional. But the, the values that you get out of playing sport, timekeeping, discipline, hard work, working in a team, all those attributes contributes to you after, after school. You know, whatever whatever profession you're going to choose. So so those fundamentals that I try and instill in Diego that I might not be successful in, humbly is, respectfully is. But the laziness, the, the watching TV, the sitting on the couch, playing games, um, doing your homework or your assignment at the last minute. Now I understand he's a boy, I used to do the same. But that is the, the fundamentals I'm trying to instill in him. To say that I had nothing. I did not have options. That's the difference. If I did not make it in football, I don't know what else I would have done. Yes, I finished school. Yes, I worked for Liberty Life. I could have possibly uh, gone into the corporate world. But I didn't have options. You, my boy, have options. And that could be your demise. You know, Um, the fact that if I do not make it, I've got my dad, I've got my mom. That's the danger. And I make him aware of that. I try my best to make him aware to say, you need to work for what you have. I do not just give. You want the latest um, FIFA 2018? What are you going to do? Give me your grades. Um, Here's your chores. We work on a point system. It might not always work, but clean your bed. Make up your bed. Polish your shoes. Do this, do this, do this. So I try and do that. I don't have a reference. I think it's going to work. I can just pray it's going to work, Sonia. Jeez. Wow. You, you 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 said something uh, profound. Um, you know the fact that you don't have uh, you didn't have a, a, a reference uh, point because you were, yeah. you were raised uh, by by your mum. You you've just revealed uh, something that a lot of people use as an excuse. A lot of men use an excuse whereby they grow up um, not wanting to be responsible men, and then they'll always blame being raised by single women and say, "Well, I'm a thug because I didn't have a father. I didn't have a, a male." Role model. I don't. I don't have a father figure. I I burgle people's houses because I, uh, I I don't know any better. I've got no male model to teach me better, to teach me otherwise. I think you you you've just put it out there, made it very difficult for all other irresponsible men out there who use that as an excuse instead of taking those obstacles, hiccups, speed bumps, to turn the tide. Or to make things better for the next generation. Kudos yeah. to you for that. Thank I respect you, you for Thank that. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. But I, I'd like to add that um, I am by no means perfect. Nobody is. I I was on the on the brink of 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 choosing the other side. You know, I grew up in Wesbury. Um, I'm sure we know the violence and the gangsterism and the drugs that's involved. I played for a team um, in Waterfall Newlands. Um, we we were we were 15 boys. As I stand here today, of that 15 boys, only three or four boys are alive. Sure. Victims to gangsterism, victims to drugs, victims to this. So I think there was this halo, somebody protecting me. Every time they go and do the wrong things, something in the back of my mind would say, you can't, you can't. And then the peer pressure comes in. Um, in Afrikaans they say, yes, a bangbrook. You know, and tomorrow you need to get up and go and chill with those guys. And then they ridicule you for not having, uh, in Greek they say, Archidia. <laughs> I can't say the English word, it's a bit rude. Um, for not having that, that masculinity to say, listen, we're going to go and do this. So that is why I say at home, because I know if I do the wrong thing and I come back home, oh boy, oh boy, um, is Benita, my mom, not going to sort me out properly? <laughs> So they say, do not spare the rod. So, you know, so I think so many times, countless and countless and countless times, we're going to go and steal this. We're going to go and kick this one. We're going to do that. And I just steered clear of that. So um, a little bit fortunate, a little bit blessed. The halo you spoke about, 
that was from your mom protecting you and being with you wherever you were. So now tell me, what did, did you learn from your mom who had to mother and father you? What did you learn from her and how did that help you in your parental duties in as far as Diego is concerned? I think um, uh, no matter how I try and parent him um, with uh, being strict, at the end of the day, I always show the care and show the love. I might reprimand you, but before you go to bed, I remind you, I'm doing this for you because I love you, because I care for you. So that was always the the cushion that, that I, I received from my mom. It's always with love. Even when they told me to stop playing football uh, because my grades were not good enough, it was probably the worst six months in my life because this is the only thing that I love and I know how to do and I'm doing well and I'm, you know, it's with my friends and it's fun and it gets taken away from you, but it gets taken away with love. So that's, that's what I've taken from that. And I try and install that with Diego. Balance. I try. Love that. So now when, 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 when you look at the way you are parenting now, do you think it's tougher being a parent today than it would have been perhaps when the time that your mom had to mother you. When, when you look at the two different generations in as far as parenthood is concerned, was, was it tougher then or is it tougher now? 150% tougher now. You know, we've got all this distraction, Sonia. You know, social media, it is possibly, um, it has its benefits, massive benefits, but when it comes to parenting and kids, they have access to so much. And this becomes so much more difficult because of social media. People and kids are becoming famous over social media. There's no longer that interaction, that human action. I'm saying what everybody else out there is saying. We're losing the plot, even adults. I sit in a room with four or five guys uh, or people or ladies or whoever it may be. Social media has taken over. It's a drug. Um, I'm also on social media. I do it. Um, I find myself now and again listening to my daughter or my son, but I'm scrolling through Instagram. So giving them divided attention. It's captured our homes. <laughs> it's captured our kids. And uh, for this, I do think that uh, this generation, it's so much more difficult to, to be a parent. Sure. And you often go out to lunch or dinner and all you see different tables. Mm. Some tables you see a family of four mum, dad, two kids, the two parents on their cell phones and then the kids on their tablets. Uh. They're out for dinner. They left the house. Yep. They left what could have been quality family time at home mm-hmm. to quality time family, uh, quality family time in a restaurant, mm. but with the gadgets. That's why a year ago with load shedding, it was a blessing in disguise. You're right, you're right. It was a blessing in disguise. I'd like to throw a question to you. Yeah. Um, on parenting, when do you know is the right time to let your son or your daughter have a phone? When do you allow them to go onto a, a media platform, social media platform like um, Twitter or, or or Instagram, is there is there a, the right time? Is there a wrong time? I haven't a clue. I'm trying to figure this out. Um, Diego has a phone. It's um, he doesn't have social media, so you don't want to make him the outcast. At the same time, you want to manage it. So this is something that that I'm still trying to find the right and the wrong thing well to answer your question the way we did it nathan only started having a phone now uh this year in high school we gave him a phone in 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 january in high school so that's grade eight at the age of 13 and the question we asked him in the beginning when he asked when can i have a cell phone and myself and matthew asked him what do you need a cell phone for and we said if you need to contact your friends and you are at home there's the telecom 
phone, mm. you can use. If you need to call them on their cell phone using our cell phone, you can use our cell phone. If you need to call us while you're at school, you can go to reception if it's an emergency and you can use the phone at the school. So what do you need a cell phone for? He couldn't bring an answer. And we knew we were not ready to give him a cell phone and we at, we had agreed that we were going to give him a cell phone in high school. And as far as social media is concerned, no chance. The only thing he's on is WhatsApp and I check on him every day. I check his profile picture. Sometimes he has thugs as his profile picture with... Okay, I'm not going to give the description because then it's going to be like I'm judging somebody based on their appearance. So I'm not even going to go there. But there's some pictures that I deem to be inappropriate for someone who's 13 years old. And I look at his uh, status as well. And I keep tabs of that. And I'm always having to remind him that, hey, that profile picture is inappropriate for a 13-year-old. And luckily for us, he's the kind of boy that's so level-headed that if he points something out, he's going to apologize and, you know, delete it or change it or whatever. He did attempt at a, 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 a Twitter handle and I caught him on the desktop because I've included, I've, I've installed something on the desktop at home, which he doesn't know about. He's not going to, there's no ways of finding it, but I can keep track of the pages that he visits on his desktop, which is in his bedroom, even if he deletes the search history, I still know what he's checking online. So I'm not, I'm not policing him, but, and we've sat him down and I said, we don't have time to be policing you because we are very busy people. Life is busy. Mm. We've got other things to do. We've got your little brother also to monitor, but every now and again, I also check the playlist on his, on his, on his phone and on his flash drive. If there's an inappropriate song out there, like you walk your power, a lot, a lot mm. of parents don't monitor what their kids play. You walk your power has some, there's a paragraph in there that you would not want your child to listen to something that you and your wife Gwen should be listening to in the bedroom. So it's things like that. I'm not a perfect parent. Matthew is not a perfect parent parent. We do parenting our way. You do parenting your way because remember you are accountable to your kids. We are accountable to our kids. Your kids are your responsibility and our kids are our responsibility. So to get to your question, there's no way of right and wrong in as yep. far as parenting goes. Different strokes for different mm. folks. Yep. Now, Diego has taken after you. I mean, you said already he loves football. Yep. Would you would you be 100% okay with him uh, following a professional career, given the stats that you've already read, whereby after retirement, you find a lot of players who end up going back to the backyard room in Soweto mm. because they've squandered all their money. Some of these players, they get millions signing on fee bonuses when mm-hmm. you guys win. And then um, you you have huge salaries. I mean, some of the players yeah. are earning 300,000 rands a month. Yeah. But then after retirement, you get players who are addicted to drugs and alcohol because they didn't plan for retirement so if Diego um, wants to become a professional footballer um, he first needs to understand uh, what it takes to become one and uh, if he does on his own understand that uh, the dedication and the hours that needs to be given to that sport um, then I will support it 100% because um, if if the Lord spares me, I would then be there alongside him, guiding him as he progresses, you know, making the right uh, financial decisions, uh, not five years before you end, which I did, immediately when you start a professional career. That's when you need to start planning financially, you know. So that's just one of the aspects, um, finance, but then managing your career on its own. Um, I would be there. So if he shows me that he wants to do that, yes, I will support him along because um, I think that football has, as as I was blessed, uh, that football has taken me away from my circumstances. It has, more than anything, it has um, opened my mind. Uh, the fact that I, w- I lived in different countries, um, that experience and that life lessons um, is priceless. It's It's not the money you've earned. But it's the the life lessons that I've I've come to um, attain, and uh, because of that, I can now um, parent my kids differently. You mentioned preparing for retirement financially. What about mentally and emotionally? Oh, that's something that's <laughs> it's such a a void 
in in our in a, in our space. When I say space, I say sports people. Um, just yesterday, um, I was at a coaching course uh, with a lot of football people, with a few ex-professionals, and uh, um, I mentioned that it is something that not all of us have. Um, it's like this quiet cancer that eats away at people, and you die a slow death in your corner, isolated. Yet so many of us retire every year and nobody speaks out about it because mentally, um, the doctor described it to me once. He says, um, you, you are of the herd mentality. You have been told all your life, this is what you do. This is when you train. This is how you train. You've been surrounded by people every day of your life. For I played professional for 17 years. Suddenly, it's taken away from you. The human body Responds to that It's like getting divorced This You wake up for how many years This person is next to you One day you wake up There's nobody next to you So you go through emotions That needs to be dealt with Number one emotions is one thing Now there's the financial burden If you have not planned You know so there's so many um, Side effects To retirement that really it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a topic on its own and it needs to be addressed. And talking about emotions, does the fact that the seeking of autographs and photo opportunities, because now it lessens to a certain degree, does that play with your emotion that I was so popular Everybody wanted a piece of me for 17 years and now nobody's stopping me for a picture or an autograph. Does that play a part in this whole scenario? It depends on the individual. You know, if the individual is somebody that um, would ride on the fame, um, clearly, if it's no longer there, it's going to affect you. Uh, me personally, um, I can say this uh, without uh, hesitation that um, the less I get troubled, the better. Not troubled. The less I'm requested to do ABC, the better. I think that's just the type of person I am. Um, so, so for me, it doesn't affect me at all. The difficulty is now when you are retired and you are in a space with your peers. And um, let's say some of them are still relevant, still playing, and you no longer play. No matter who you are, it affects you. You go back home, you're like, okay. This is the reality of the situation. But the quicker you understand that and, and you don't you are not less of a human or a person if you are not recognizable, um, should not by any means affect you. Sure. What is your advice to a youngster who has just been signed on? This is a child who's never seen a thousand rands in his bank account. Now he gets a signing on fee of a million rands. He's 18. Financially? Yeah, or every other way. Every other way. Um, when you play football, it's never about the money. Lucas Rodebe always told me, he says, if you chase money, you won't get it. It's not about the money. You've got to love what you do. You, it's your passion. You've wanted to do this. You're getting paid to do what you love. I don't think there's anything better in this world. So enjoy the opportunity. Try to be the best that you can. What you put in is what you get out. If you dream to win the World Cup, you might play in the World Cup. If you dream to play for Kaiser Chiefs or Pirates, you might get there or you'll fall short. So if your dreams are not bigger, if it does not scare you, then you're not dreaming big enough. So if you're going to start out, start out, say, I want to play for Real Madrid, or I want to be a World Cup winner, I want to be the, the, the I want to win the Ballon d'Or, aim high. And the effort that needs to be put into achieving that is the important thing. That's what I'll tell the boy. And do not chase money. Money will chase you. And tell me, while on that topic, are clubs and agents responsible in guiding and supporting a player regarding such aspects of love? In South Africa, clubs uh, do not do that. Um, I don't think we need to expect them to do that. I think it is uh, the player, agent or manager 
to guide the boy. And if you vest enough interest in the boy, you need to then um, hand him over to a financial advisor that you have vetted, that you know will do the right thing. And you need to uh, oversee that. So yes, the, the, the agent has, um, um, has a role to play. But at the end of the day, it's the player's money and he decides what he needs to do. So the clubs should educate them, equip them with that knowledge. Not necessarily tell them what to do. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, it is the player that must take responsibility of his or her success or undoing. Stiga, many, many, many can learn from you. You are such an inspiration. I invited you here because I knew that you were the right and relevant person for this. I'm richer in knowledge and wisdom because of you today. I don't think you understand the impact that this conversation has had, not only on me, but I think from today your wife is going to look at you with a different eye. And I'm saying that in a positive manner. And I know that a lot of men are going to look at their women with a different eye. I invited you here because I know you respect women. If I could, I would have invited you here in August. But it doesn't have to be August because Women's Month doesn't have to end in August. It can be every day. You are an inspiration. And just know the amount of respect that I have for a man like you. Thank you for this insightful conversation. Thank you for having me um, in the opinion booth, ladies. Um, I hope it's not the last, but um, uh, we don't often get um, platforms to express, you know, ourselves. Um, with the interview, you need to be diplomatic, say this, say that. Um, so um, I really enjoyed this interview, Sonia. Um, um, I think I enjoyed it because I think you know me a bit. So you scratched in places that I didn't know I am going to go. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. That's the opinion booth. Uh, So, um, yeah, that's my opinion. Thank you for having me. Thank you. My humble opinion in the words of Tyler Durden's character in the movie Fight Club. We are a generation of men raised by women. I'm wondering if another woman is really the answer we need. End quote. Aspire to inspire before you expire. Win an entrepreneurial package worth 2 million with Alpha Code. Alpha Code is inviting applications for its prestigious Alpha Code incubate program that seeks to identify and reward high potential innovative entrepreneurs to boost the development of fintech and financial services in South Africa. 16 businesses will be invited to pitch for eight places on the Alpha Code incubate program. The final eight businesses will complete a customized 12-month program and will benefit from an entrepreneurial package worth 2 million rand each. The package consists of 1 million in grant funding, 1 million worth of support including mentorship, monthly expert-led sessions, exclusive office space in Santon, marketing, legal and other business support services as well as access to RMI's networks. The first round of applications closed this Friday, 7 September 2018. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more on the cliffcentral.com website. This is cliffcentral.com.